Welcome back to another episode of the Break the Bang podcast. This is your boy Lurk. As always, I'm joined by my guys X and Dion. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Jake Paul beating Anderson Silva in a boxing match over the weekend. X actually bet on that and lost. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets fired Steve Nash. They got a bunch of bullshit going on. They're just a cesspool and a disaster. And then there, a fight broke out. It seems like every Michigan game, something happens in the tunnel. And this time, it was Michigan getting stomped out. Dion, you want to tell us more about that situation? Yeah, so there's a Michigan player who, I mean, they're saying was going in for treatment. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like that that's what they're claiming. So the whole Michigan team is on the field celebrating, and this dude's, like, skipping and dancing in between, like, the Michigan State team, right? And uh, the question was, like, yo, why is he why is he even in the tunnel, right? Like, so Michigan shares a tunnel. Um, so if he was going to get treatment, that was where he was supposed to go. But, like, I mean, my thing is, one, why the fuck do they only have one tunnel? Um, it's It's not that hard to have two tunnels from a logistical perspective. But, like, whatever. There's the argument that, like, nothing's happened in 120 years of them only having one tunnel. And my argument is that in 120 years, you know, there we've seen a lot of shit in this world. So like, I don't know. Um, but they, uh, yo, Clay fucking stinks, man. Um, but so the kid gets stomped out, uh, that he's, his family's pressing charges. He got a helmet swung at him. That was, I mean, all of it's a bit excessive, but like, you can't be swinging helmets at people. And then, uh, Harbaugh, was calling for like the suspension of the MSU players. Uh, the Michigan State uh, AD immediately suspended the players. I, I don't know if they're booted off the team or not. I believe they might be. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, my personal opinion is like that kid's fucking stupid. The Michigan State players obviously took it too far, but like when you get dogged in a game the way they did the other teams running the score up at the end of the game and then you got a you got a kid uh taunting you in the tunnel i mean i'm not saying shit happens because michigan what michigan state did was extremely excessive but like the victim game that michigan's playing in all of this is absolutely crazy to me yeah i feel you uh x Jake Paul didn't get the knockout that you were predicting, but he did get the victory. Did you did you watch the fight? I did. Shout out to the illegal stream. You know what I'm saying? No way I was paying for it, but, you know. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to lie. The shit was entertaining. Now, Anderson Silva got fucking pillows for hands at this stage in his career, but it was enough of a scrap that I enjoyed it. So, lesson learned. I thought he was going to knock him out. But Jake Paul is trash. So, you know, and Anderson Silva, he's 47, but he's a professional fighter. And he was never the easiest to hit in his prime. So, you know, it is what it is. But it was definitely a good fight. Do you think, Not a good uh, fight. Entertaining fight. Not good. So do you think, so, and I have an opinion on this too, but like you hear a lot of people saying like, oh, Jake needs to fight a real boxer. To the casual fan, what they mean by like a real boxer, they're talking about like the Canelo Alvarez's of the world. Like that's not a realistic opponent, obviously, right? Oh, so do you think Anderson Silva's better than like take the equivalent of what Jake could fight of himself in boxing form, right? Um, do you think Anderson Silva is better than who that person would be? 
No, because Anderson Silva was never really a striker. You know what I'm saying? Not a boxer. He never possessed knockout power. He was just more so striking the setup, you know, his ground and pound game, whatever. But here's his, his the crux of it all. Part of me is like, oh, well, Jake Paul got to fight a real boxer. But then it's like, bro, they do the exact same shit with actual boxers. That's where boxing has gone to shit. They'll take someone that they think has star power, that can draw a crowd, that can sell seats, and they'll just feed this motherfucker tomato cans for like 25 fights just so that they can money make money off the gates and shit. And by the time that he's ready to actually take on real competition, they they usually pass their prime. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not going to get mad at Jake Paul for doing cash grabs against weaker opponents when that's literally the boxing business model. And that's why MMA is so popular is because the fight, the best fight the best. That's not the case in boxing. We, how long have we been waiting for Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence? We got teased it was going to happen, and now look, it's off. And that's the one fight that boxing fans want to watch. It's not going to happen because of money. That shit don't happen in MMA. If you got two stars like that, they're going to get in the ring, guaranteed. So yeah. shout out to Jake Paul for exploring the fucking bullshit system, but he's going to keep cashing them checks now. Would, I, he, like to, would I like up. to see he Canelo beat the piss out of this nigga? Absolutely. <laughs> They call even Diaz and Canelo after the fight, but I don't see those fights happening. Bro, he's so he's much gonna, bigger than Nate, bro. He, he's gonna fight Nate next, but um, he, but he like so even in MMA, like on your way up, you don't fight anybody. Like uh, like take Patty the Batty, like the next big thing in the UFC. He hasn't fought anybody inside the top forty in his weight class yet, right? Like when you're five six fights in, no matter what sport you're in, you don't really fight anybody. And in my opinion, like. I get it. Like no one wants like Jake Paul is a YouTuber and it's like, how are you really going to give him like credit? Um, but I mean, this kid, this kid's fought in his last three fights. He's fought tougher opponents than I think anyone would ever take uh, four or five and now six fights into his career. And then nah. he's going to fight neck, Nate next. Like it, Wait, I, you, you got to relax. They're not tough opponents. Let's, let's no tougher opponents than anyone would do at the same stage of their career. I'm not saying they're tough opponents, but like there isn't a fighter in the world who in his third fight is fighting Tyron Woodley and his fourth fight is fighting Tyron Woodley again after getting like people forget, like he got knocked down in the first fight. Like it was a tough fight. You know what I mean? Like but, for him, but here's a, here's tough, a thing. tough fight for him. Here's the thing. So I would, I wanted him, I wanted to see him fight Haseem Rockman's son. Haseem Rockman was going to put Jake Paul to sleep. I think that the Jake Paul camp paid him to kind of go away. They're like, look, man, you're going to beat the dog shit out. This, you're going you're gonna to fuck up the bag. So let's just pay you under the table and you find an excuse. We'll say you couldn't make weight or you're I mean, did you watch, do you watch their sparring footage? Yeah, Rockman was beating the shit out of him. Kind of. I mean, Rock. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Rockman is like not good. Like he stinks. Like in my opinion, in my honest opinion, like the, the reason that fight's interesting to me is there's no way uh, Haseem was ever going to make the weight. Uh, like they knew. He, and plus, well, they, yeah, as a sparring partner, what you got to realize is when you get paid, when you make your living off sparring, you're not getting paid to go out there and knock these motherfuckers out. You're going in there to give these motherfuckers, make these motherfuckers sweat. And have a few exchanges, but you're not going in there to really fight these people. Because if you do that, if you try to be a hero, guess what? They're going to stop paying you to spar. No one's paying you to knock out their fighter. You know what I'm saying? So even oh, the yeah. sparring footage, like, yo, he's going half speed while Paul is going 100% trying to tune up. So even the sparring footage can't got to be taken with a grain of salt. 
of course, but you also have to take it with a grain of salt from like Jake, because that was like half a year into his career. Um, too. Like I, I just think like the the sparring footage, given the timing of when they were doing that in like uh, early, like late twenty or early twenty twenty during COVID, um, it wasn't terribly impressive. But Hasim Rahman Jr. is like trash, um, in my opinion, yeah, and he's trash. Uh, like. He's trash. Like, in my yeah. honest opinion, you take away the fact that like he is like much, much, much bigger than Jake. Um, that fight's not interesting to me. Like Anderson Silva beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who is also fucking trash. But that dude at least has fifty wins and is a former world champion. Like, those are things that Hasim Rahman Jr. is like never gonna get. He's about to fight Vitor Belfort next month, and like I don't even know if he's gonna win that fight. So, um, like that's tell you about Jake Paul. He. He doesn't disrespect the sport. He trains. He puts his best foot forward. He's not a good, like, he would get white by an average professional boxer. But it's also not a clown show. Like, when we get Jose Canseco fighting against some fucking, like, that. that's a clown show, a circus. It's actually a scrap. Not a good scrap, but it's a professional scrap. So, shout out to him, man. I hate him, but keep cashing him checks because guess what? My stupid ass keeps tuning in every time, waiting for him to get knocked out. And it doesn't happen. Floyd Mayweather built a career off that shit. So shout out to Jake, man. He's a hell of an athlete. Like to me, like athleticism is muscle memory. And uh, obviously he has more money than the average boxer. So like the team around him is like insane. Um, and even his brother, yo, his brother's legitimately great at wrestling. Which That's what I was going to say. They both, I mean, Jake in particular to me, just because like I, I prefer boxing to WWE at this stage. But like, um, uh, you can tell you show that kid something once and it, it and he picks it up like you're mm -hmm. not you're not doing the same thing in training twice because once you do it once Jake's going to have it down so to me as in, in terms of athleticism that's probably the most impressive thing anybody can do so uh I'm not going to say at like he will never be a world champion boxer because he's also only 23 like if he really commits to this for 15 years with how many belts there are it's like possible at this stage, he's obviously like a below average professional boxer. But there is a lot of dudes he would beat. This notion that he can't beat a pro boxer is asinine, bro. Like he, I disagree so with you. I disagree with you. You don't I, think he'd beat a pro boxer, any pro boxer? A, a, a credible one. Of course, just motherfuckers think, that's 0-23. But I'm talking about like I'm a talking legitimate about like, prospect. A legitimate so prospect. You, do, do you think Tommy Fury beats him? I mean, Tommy Fury's... Trash. but that's that's the stage of the career jake's yeah, in. yeah. That's his, that though that's his that is his like if you're going to compare him to anybody it's tommy fury and like I, i'm gonna be honest bro i think he dog walks tommy fury yeah yeah i feel you so like, let, let's talk about something more interesting <laughs> steve nash got fired today well before we even get to that Kyrie, everybody's speaking out against Kyrie about a tweet and saying that he's anti-Semitic. Dion, you brought this up earlier in the group chat. This is not something I really like care to speak on. I stay away from the religious topics, but how do you feel about the fact that everyone's condemning Kyrie but not actually doing anything? Yeah, I mean, it's not religious. Like, this is basically, like, what he's trying to do is, like, downplay, like, the Holocaust and, like, stuff like that. So, like, I mean, I guess it is religious from the standpoint of, of, like, Jewish people, but in the grand scheme of things, it really isn't. Um, 
he's an idiot man like uh he's an actual idiot um i i just i don't get it like you don't it's it's almost as if you can't read the room um in this country we have like it's it's um like we don't care about other people anymore like everyone stopped caring about other people and they just want to get off like these ridiculous takes and they want to be fake intelligent and pretend they know what they're talking about and and it's like it's almost like it's cool to toe the line and be like an extremist and uh it's like a very dangerous and scary thing and like what Kyrie posted is all of those things obviously and um I mean, I'm not surprised that no one did anything. I don't really blame anyone for not doing anything. What can they do? I mean, well, yeah, there's I mean, nothing you can do. What, what can they do? The motherfucker's an idiot. Yo, honestly, man, he's the worst well, I mean, kind of person, man. He's literally the fucking worst. He thinks that his money, right? He thinks that because he's good at basketball, that that somehow means that, like, he's coached or that his voice has any credibility. Like, bro. He, he's too stupid to have the opinions that he has. I don't think that Kyrie Irving is an intelligent human being. I believe him to be stupid, but he doesn't know that he's stupid because he's been surrounded by yes men and people who have been putting him on a pedestal for his basketball talents. And because of that, he's never had to face the reality that he's not that intelligent. No, you know I'm saying? Said people not doing anything about it. I mean, like he's a vice president in the NBA's Players Association. They spoke out. They didn't like take him off of. They didn't remove him from his position or nothing. Um, Nike speaking out against him, but not like canceling his contract or whatever. Like, I didn't expect the Nets to do anything. To be because he didn't like, say the he, words. He didn't. He posted the book, and you have to have either read the book or known about the book to know the contents of the book. But because he didn't really state anything along with the picture then there's nothing you can really do, right? Because at that point, you're assuming that he's saying something, but it's all projecting. And here's the beautiful part. He's never going to explain himself because he's incapable of doing it, right? So we know that <laughs> this shit is problematic, but he didn't say anything problematic. He just posted some problematic shit, but he never verbalized it. So because of that, what are you going to do something for? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. and it's, it's a shame. I just want to say, like, that's the problem as a whole with giving, like, athletes a voice. Now, whether you agree with what they're saying, or, <laughs> like, whether you agree with what they're saying or not, like, they don't know how to explain themselves. I take the bubble as a perfect ex uh, explanation of this. Like, the whole world was behind what the NBA was doing, the three of us included. And they could have literally done anything, and we probably would have been, like, bowing down to them in terms of, like, oh, they're, like, so progressive and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, you had these players sitting up there trying to explain um, what happened the night they almost walked out on the bubble. Or you had uh, you had Braun with that Malcolm X book and they asked him to explain it and he couldn't. Like, <laughs> uh, th these dudes, like, this is the problem with giving athletes a voice. It's okay to say Kyrie Irving's an idiot and he has no idea what he's talking about. And then it's also okay to say you completely agree with everything they uh, feel in terms of, like, um, like social injustice in this country and uh, police brutality and also be like, I don't want LeBron James being the one that's explaining that to everybody because he doesn't actually know what he's talking about. And like all those things can be okay, but we, like we've gotten to a point in this country where it's like you have to be like one of the two sides of the extremes and like no one actually cares about anybody's feelings anymore. And that's like what's really scary. So um, are you? Do you think that athletes should shut up and dribble? 
I don't think they should do that. I think athletes should uh, do the research. Listen, if you don't know what you're talking about, you shouldn't talk about it, whether you're going to be seen as right to to the bulk of uh, the population. Don't don't get upset at a fucking reporter for doing his fucking job, because here's here's the wonderful thing. If he really was an intellectual, right, if he really was as deep as he thought he was, he would welcome the opportunity for a reporter to challenge him because that would give him the opportunity, like Jalen Brown, right? I give him credit because whenever he's pressed or he's not necessarily pressed, but whenever he's asked to dive deeper, that man can articulate his point. You may not always agree with Jalen Brown's points, but the man can clearly articulate the thought process behind certain things that he says, et cetera. Whenever you press Kyrie Irving on anything he does or says, He's incapable of explaining himself. If he really were an intellectual the way he thinks he is, he would welcome the opportunity, but he doesn't. So what he does is he doubles down, and it's not that he's saying, yo, how dare you, you know, how dare you disagree with what I'm saying? It's like, yo, how dare you for even questioning me? And he doubles down on the anger and the lashing out at, yo, how, why would you even ask me some shit like that? But he never actually dives deep into anything that he's actually talking about. Have you ever heard even a two-minute clip of Kyrie actually explaining himself, it doesn't exist because he's incapable of doing it. And I hate that motherfucker, man. Like, what a fucking passion. Because he gives people with him. It's not that athletes just shut up and dribble, but if you're going to state your stupid-ass opinion, don't get upset when people say, hey, that was stupid. You know what I'm saying? That's all. So just be prepared to deal with that. And you should be able to articulate it. Like, and it shouldn't, and it's any opinion you give. Like, I think Steve Kerr is, like, extremely uh, knowledgeable on, like, 90% 90% of topics, but one where he should have shut up was um, what's the Daryl Morey tweet? Uh, the thing that happened in China when China like took all the NBA games away and everything like that, and they were gonna yeah. lose a whole bunch of money. Free Hong Kong and, or some shit. Yeah, Hong Kong. And, and he, and, you know, like instead of a, I mean, you could tell like he was forced one way. It's like he had to be, like he probably wanted to say a whole bunch of other stuff, but like Braun did the same thing. Like you can't. You, you can't you, you got to be you the whole way through like I, I don't know like I'm not saying they should shut up and dribble I really don't feel that way but like I just think if you if you don't know what you're talking about then you really shouldn't talk about it and that's like anybody bro you'll never hear me pontificate on fucking Palestine Israel you know relations because I'm not educated enough on a subject to give you a fucking a thoughtful response. I have no idea. I don't know enough about it. And it's okay to say, yo, I just don't know, bro. Yeah. I don't know. But Twitter and social media has led people to believe that they are entitled to have an opinion on everything. And sometimes it's okay to just shut the fuck up, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Even this Ime Udoka situation, bro, everyone has such a crazy, crazy, crazy opinion on it one way or the other. Like, do we really know what happened? Bro. You, you know won't I mean? find nothing email Udoka related because I don't know. That's what but I'm we saying. project and we assume and we're just quick. But hey, but it's everywhere. Is people would rather be first than be right. They want to have the first opinion. They don't care about having the right opinion. That's what I'm saying. Like I and I don't know what email did, but like you see people like tweeting stuff out. Like when uh, I mean, just to like keep transitioning into the nuts, like. Uh, they fire Steve Nash and then they're supposedly going to hire Ime Udoka within the next 24 hours. Um, when Woj tweeted that everyone was like, tell me you don't care about women's rights without telling me you don't care about women's rights. And it's like, yo fam, like I'm on board with that. If he did what we were thinking he did. Now, if he smashed somebody's wife 
<laughs> like, yeah. like that's not women's different. rights. That's not women's rights. Like, if he sent, if he sent some overly sexualized texts, like, should he have done that? No, but like that is is not like the, the end of the world. We don't know the context behind those texts or what was it? The, affair, the, the thing is, the affair isn't what he did wrong. I mean, yeah, but that's between him and his wife. That's their business. Is that having sex with someone who technically you're superior over? You know what I'm saying? That's where that line gets blurred. And that's where women feel uncomfortable. They could feel threatened. They may feel like if they don't give in to your advances that, you know, it might be career suicide. And so that's where you kind of got to be sensitive. But the affair aspect, but that we don't know about. You know what I'm saying? All we know is he had an affair. We don't even know if that's like, if that woman is the one that the Celtics are all real upset about. Like, to me... To, I, and again, this is me just speculating. Like we don't fucking know, but like yeah, supposedly, um, the the investigation that had happened, they said he used crude language with a female employee that was like, that's, a not cover appropriate, not that's, appropriate a for, that's a cover up. That's a cover up. Yeah, that's a cover up. Um, a workplace, and then they later started a relationship with each other. But that, like, that's, yeah, that's just. Hey, Take the whole like post uh, it happening press conference with Brad Stevens. Like if, if you listen to that press conference, you're not like listening to a guy that's going to let Ime Udoka walk for free, man. Like t- to me, like to me, they suspended him for a year. We're anticipating some sort of legal action. They even mentioned that in the press conference and like nothing's happened now. And they're like, oh, shit, like, what do we do? So they're like washing their hands with this situation. But like, like, there's got to be something else that happened there. Like he didn't, it it wasn't just one woman. Like, I, I can't imagine it was just the one woman and it was crude remarks in a text message. Like, to me, this feels like uh, based on what we know, based on what we know, to me, this feels like an extremely emotional decision that the Celtics have made. And like that, a personal, it feels like, like a personal decision. Like yo, he violated, yeah, like he, family like he business. did it to me, and I'm in yeah. charge. Like that was my wife, and I control his destiny. Like, so he like, won't so coach for my team. He he fucked Brad Stevens' wife or the owner's wife. Something I, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Something very very high up. Because like, and I mean this as no disrespect to the woman uh, that was uh, like on his staff that he he also had a relationship with. Just my opinion you probably like you probably like fire her and give her like some sort of bonus check don't you think and you avoid all this pr if it's just one if it's just her like i I think you do something slimy like deshaun watson did with all those women right like i I don't think i don't think you bring on that level of pr if it was just her if it was just one relationship if, if it was just a crude remark in a text message but again that's just me speculating and it just uh, what happened what's happening today with the nets and what's happening in general just like lets us know how little we know about the situation actually well the miami heat coach eric Spolster, right every every professional sports team that i know or at least a lot of them have a policy to where yo you don't mingle with the cheerleaders or the team or the team dancers you don't you don't mingle with them you don't speak to them the cheerleaders or the dancers are, are forbidden from speaking to the players because they want to avoid that type of environment right um, the Miami Heat coach is married to one of the Miami Heat dancers, right? Yeah. Which goes, but no one says anything because it's fine. It went smoothly. It is what it is, right? You, all three of us here, we all know someone who's fucking someone at their workplace. That, as long as their workplaces exist, P- 
people will always be fucking at the workplace, right? It is what it is. It doesn't get to this level of that's all it is. He violated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He violated, and that's what happened. He forced their hand. Every bro, he yeah, he violated. But what I'm surprised about, right? I'm interested is is Boston gonna get draft compensation? They're not. Boston's letting him walk for free. They said it today. Yeah. Which is crazy him. to me because he was my assumption. I assumed outside of the legal shit, part of the reason why he wasn't fired and was instead suspended is so that they can control his next destination. But maybe they're like, look, if we let this motherfucker go to Brooklyn, then this mess goes away and we can just move on. And maybe that's worth more to them. There's some useless conditional second round pick. So from that perspective, I guess I do get it. Well, it's like, to me, I mean, I just think it didn't go the way they thought it would. Like, uh, and I don't know what they were thinking because we don't really know. But, like, again, this feels extremely emotional. Like, you're not only are you letting him walk, bro, he's that's a division rival. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I mean, you just played them in the playoffs. He, it's not like he is, uh, it's not like he's walking into a new situation. He was uh he was on Steve Nash's staff the first year, like when they played uh, the Bucks in the playoffs that year. So this I is feel a totally like you, different team from that though. But it's Katie and Kyrie. Those are the only two you really need to worry about. If you have those two, you have the rest of the team. And he has those two, and the Nets know that. So it's like, in my opinion, like you're you're letting him walk to a perfect situation. You're giving the Nets a perfect situation. Why? Like it's it's got to be deeper than anything we could ever imagine, and maybe anything we'd ever know, to be honest. The fact that we don't know already lets me know how deep it is. That tells me who it was, because you, it, uh, like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, in, in order to keep a, a stubborn story covered up in 2022 in this NBA, you got to have some money. So, I mean, to go back to the the previous question, I do think it's an owner because. Yeah, bro, that ain't easy. Look at how quickly the Draymond shit dropped when the Warriors thought they had it covered up. How do you, how it's not do you easy to the... have every newsbreaker agree not to spill the beans. For motherfuckers like Matt Barnes and people who are like, yo, I heard the real shit and it's deep in the rap. Yeah, bro, it's disrespectful. But anyway. How do you feel about the Steve Nash firing in itself? I love it now that they're getting Udoka. <laughs> but who would have I mean, who would have thunk it? Come on, man! As soon as they they brought KD back, we knew what fucking time it was. You know what I'm saying? You think that that this is a better move than trying to get Quinn Snyder? Yeah, they failed upwards. I think Quinn Snyder is a phenomenal coach, but uh, he coaches the offense. I don't really think the Nets need help on the the issue in in Brooklyn isn't fucking X's and O's. It's about managing personalities. And there's video evidence of KD and Ime fucking getting along swimmingly. And for the Nets, that's the only way that you're going to get to turn that shit around is by getting KD and Kyrie on the same fucking page and invested and to actually listen to somebody. The chemistry is more important than the fucking X's and O's. So that's the only coach out. Chris Snyder's not coming in there with fucking trust with KD. You know what I'm saying? He has no relationship with him as far as I know. How long after you, Doka, comes in, do they turn things around? I think right away. I mean, it's a seamless fit. They already know how to play for you, Doka. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think they'll win a title or anything like that, but as far as turning it around, 
they should be good enough to beat average basketball teams. You know what I'm saying? They just you you watch them play, they look like they don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they so, didn't. They yeah. Didn't. Even also, Seth Curry's like, yo, bro, we never got to know each other. It, we were playing pickup basketball out there. What? Like, bro, that's such first of all, for him to say that is like, yo, Steve Nash, in other words, Steve Nash didn't do shit. Nothing. He's not coaching that team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just crazy to me. But then again, I don't know if Steve Nash is a good coach, so who knows? I don't think he is. I I was going to say in terms of, like, the locker room shit, like, uh, I mean, this Nets locker room is fucking insane. Like, I I don't know. I think it might be the worst locker room in the league, but uh, that Celtics locker room last year had to have been bottom three, bottom five. And uh, you didn't hear shit about that Celtics team the way you were the previous years once Ime Udoka took over. So that's kind of his specialty. Uh, I guess we'll see, right? Oh, uh, this this week Dion gets to go first with the picks. Oof. Uh, me and X both went zero and seven. Disgusting behavior. I went zero and ten across the board with two shows. Who Dion, lost? So who's the official loser? Uh, you you. I would say you go first because uh, you are like ahead of him in terms of the total. Strength. Yeah, got it. All right. So you so Dion first, me second. Yeah, yeah, Dion went four and three. Um, so my first pick is gonna be gonna be the Dolphins minus five. Uh, they play. Uh, fuck, they play the Bears, and the Bears stink, man. And they're giving up. Like they traded Roquan Smith. I do like to. I do like and Robert Quinn. I do like the Claypool trade, but like to me, that doesn't scream. Uh, that doesn't scream this year. That screams next year. God. I hate every team, bro. Every team has burnt me. Like, I don't know how I can bet any team with fucking confidence, but I'm going to try. Um, God, it's so gross. All right. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills minus 13 against the Jets. Zach Wilson is not an NFL quarterback. He's dog shit, and the Bills defense is going to eat that motherfucker out, Pauls. I'm going to take Minnesota Vikings minus three and a half over the Washington Commanders. All right. I'm going to take the Packers uh, minus three and a half over the Lions for the same reason I took the Dolphins. I think the Lions are giving up on this season. I should have won that fucking Panthers game, man. Fucking two <laughs> kicks. That would have well, saved you would have lost it if the first one. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Fuck it. Just give me the Chargers. Minus three over the Falcons. It's gross. Give me the Patriots minus five and a half over the Colts. I'm going to take Kentucky minus two over Missouri. I'm going to take Brentford plus 160 over Nottingham Forest. All right. I'm going to take Tennessee plus eight against Georgia. Oh, my God. They're going to get blown up. Um, yeah, I'm stuck between two. I'm trying to figure out which one Lurk's gonna take. That way, I can take it first. Um, <laughs> give me, give me Alabama minus thirteen and a half over LSU. Give me Arsenal plus one seventy over Chelsea. Give me Clemson minus four against Notre Dame. What was Arsenal's odds? Plus one seventy. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was going to take Clemson. Um, give me UCLA minus 10 and a half over Arizona State. Give me Manchester United plus 105 over Aston Villa. Give me Seahawks money line against the Cardinals. What's that? Um, plus 115. Not bad. Um, all right, so I'm going to make my Thursday pick. I'm going to take anytime touchdown score. Devontae Smith plus 180. Did we already bet, um, made our five bets? Yeah. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So Thursday night? Well, you could do either Thursday or Monday. I just had my Thursday one ready. Oh, yeah. We got to pick Thursday and we got to pick Monday. All right. Um, what's the anytime? What's the anytime touchdown for um, Miles Sanders? Like minus 130. Oh, that's gross. Fuck it, give me that. That's minus 120, actually. Yeah, just give me that. I got to win one bet this week. Give me A.J. Brown, 95 plus yards, plus 225. I kind of like that bet. Yeah, that's kind of. I'm kind of mad that I, that I was lazy and didn't even look. Uh, for Monday, I'm just going to take the Ravens minus three, minus 105. Fuck it. I'm going to take the Ravens minus six and a half plus 151. I'm going to take Ravens minus five and a half plus 132. Yes, you guys are like seven units behind me. Yeah, and I'm like two units behind him, right? Yeah, you're two units behind him, nine behind me. He's seven behind me. (laughs) I just just need one good week. Bro, last week was a shit show, man. Yeah, you had some awful picks last year. It was crazy as you would have won. Like, if you just bet Panthers with the spread, you would have won that. If you just bet Commanders, like, their regular spread, you would have won that. <laughs> Arsenal, was, never, Arsenal never had a chance in that game. No, we got to – bro, that's when I knew I was fucked. When Arsenal got their ass whooped on Thursday, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a long week, bro. Lurk bet Northwestern. They're one and seven. Yeah, they stink. I, I think I laughed at him the second he made that pick, too. I knew in real time, like, yo, bro, that's an L. <laughs> I took like, a couple upsets. Well, I took one upset. Uh, you took a few. I mean, you had Oklahoma State money line. They got dogged. Uh, Lamar, oh, anytime touchdown. How many touchdowns does Lamar even have this year? It can't be that many. Um, Man, he only not- got, like, two or three. I was hoping that he was going to break this slump. Yeah. Uh, that Giants bet. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was kind of, like, looking at the spread, and I was, like, on y'all's side. And then I watched the very first drive, and I was like, nah, Geno's winning this game. Bro. Yeah, and then, shout I out mean, to Gino. Special, teams, special teams fumbles, back-to-back special teams fumbles don't help either. Gino, man. Bro, bro, bro Gino's, Gino's dropping good. fucking dimes. Yeah, he's good. Nah, like, yeah, no bullshit. And that's that Tyler Lockett dropped a wide-open touch. Bro, he dropped it in this motherfucker's breadbasket. But he let the ball hit him in a face mask, and that's why he dropped it like sixty yard touchdown. Like I'm so impressed by Geno Smith, like man. Three tackles. Wow. The Seahawks definitely outplayed them. Geno's good, man. 
Who would have thought that Geno Smith would be much better? Is he good or is he just much better than what he was before? Nah, bro, he's well, that is good. Is he good or is he much improved? Um, both. (laughs) Would you say he? But would you say he's like top fifteen, top ten? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Mind you, the ball's in the basement, but. I would I, right now. I would much rather have Geno Smith than fucking Russell Wilson. And that's if the money were equal. When you add in the contract, it's like your fam. What? Like he, he's gonna get a he. He's why you can't. I mean, I think we we got on here for a few weeks and we we're talking about like how dog shit like college quarterbacks are right now, and they come into the league like extremely unprepared. Like he's got to be the reason why you can't give up right away. Uh, talk about malpractice by y'all. Like he was, he was a backup for what? How many years over there? Well, he was. In he New was York. only a backup. He was only with now, us for one finish, year. He stunk in New York. Yeah, and he was only with us for one year. He was with the Jets for a minute. He was with us for one year. Yeah, like, malpractice, malpractice by the Jets too. Like the Seahawks brought him in, and like they never wavered. I, I think that's like massive. Letting someone learn uh, a playbook. Look. They brought they they broke Eli Manning's consecutive start streak where New York fucking bro we rioted you know what I'm saying <laughs> to start Gino but he came in he looked like shit but look I don't know what the honestly look anybody saying that they saw this coming or that he showed signs of this is flat out wrong because he was never this accurate he's dropping fucking seeds bro from like 40 50 yards out he's making throws with impeccable placement. And I've never seen him do that. We always knew he was a threat with his legs when he was in his prime. No one knew that he could make throws like that from 40, 50 yards away with that level of accuracy. Like, that's just, you could just tell he's been working on his craft behind the scenes. And granted, he just never had the opportunity. But I don't know, man. I'm just so fucking impressed, man. Shout out to him, man. Like, that shit is unbelievable to me. Honestly, it's hard to believe. I've been wanting to fade. I've been, everybody's been waiting like, yo. He's gonna he's gonna fuck up soon, or you know what I'm saying? He's gonna go back to being a fucking pumpkin any day now. And the motherfucker just keeps balling, man. Like it's incredible. Yeah, for real. Like I I I mean he's gonna get a back, bro. Like, cause what you I mean you gotta assume Daniel Jones is getting what? Um hopefully like franchise tagged. Well, I think I mean if I'm y'all at franchise tag Saquon, uh just for like the obvious reasons there, but like you gotta assume he's getting like 30, right? Like uh, what if he if they decide to keep him past this year? If he gets franchise tag, he's gonna get around like twenty seven thirty. But no, nah, that's not. I mean, it's definitely more than thirty. They have, they have like a transition tag or some shit like that they could use as well. A franchise tag is like the top average of the top ten, and there's no one in the top ten that makes below thirty. Uh, but like, I mean, you can't you can't not franchise tag Saquon. Like, it, you can't give Saquon big money. Um. Uh, that's why I think they pay Daniel Jones. Like he's got to get thirty mil, no matter what way you look at it. And there's not a world Gino doesn't get more than Daniel Jones. No, that nah, uh, but no, that's not true. Again, if they, true. if they keep Daniel Jones, it's gonna be on the tag. They're not gonna just like he hasn't done anything to say you give him another contract. That's what. But even if you tag him, it's over thirty mil. There's not a world where he get like. It's thirty mil fully guaranteed too. Like, but if they transition deal. tag him, I believe it's less, and there's no deadline. What like what does that mean? 
Like you know how they got to do with the franchise. The, the transition tag is a one-year tender offer of for the average of the top ten salaries at the position. It guarantees the original club the right of re- first refusal to match any offer the the player might receive from another club. So essentially, he would be guaranteed thirty plus million dollars. And if another team says "fuck you," we're gonna offer Daniel Jones. Blah blah blah. You guys would then have to match. There's no way you transition tag Daniel Jones because then you're Zero just in quarterback. Teams. You're in quarterback limbo for the full offseason because. A team could clear salary cap space in June and fuck you yeah. guys over. Or uh, they could just fucking come in with like some poison pill contract. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And no, it's not. That's not happening. It's not. But even e- even if they did, like in the the hypothetical world that happens, it's still thirty plus million dollars fully guaranteed, bare minimum. Like Gino's not getting less than Daniel Jones. But Gino would probably sacrifice average annual. For long for somebody who's willing to give him multiple, you know, two to three years with guaranteed money on it. Nah, I think I think it, I think Gino's getting I think Gino's getting like if that's the case, the first two to three years are fully guaranteed. Like Gino's oh, getting no what? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Gino's All getting right, fuck that. All right, fuck this. Let's crazy. make a bet right now. Let's make a bet right now. Get over under guaranteed money in Geno Smith's next contract. I'm gonna put it at 59 and a half. Since you said that he's going to get 30 guarantee, fully guaranteed the first two years, 59 and a half. Are you taking well, the over? So, see, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily sold. Like, I think they tag him personally. I'm not necessarily sold he gets uh, like a long term deal. I'm saying whatever he gets is going to be the most amount of money fully guaranteed possible. And like, because he's missed so many bags, bro. Like, if you think about it, he really hasn't made a ton of money. So, if I'm Gino, I'm actually rooting for the damn franchise tag. Give me the most amount of money I can possibly get. Yeah. But if he gets a multi-year deal, yeah, he's getting more than $59 million guaranteed. All right. So as long uh, so the bet is only contingent on him not being tagged. If he isn't tagged, then you're taking over $59.5 million guaranteed on his next year. Gino, if Gino hits free agency, it's bare minimum 30 by 160 plus million guaranteed. Because again, Daniel Jones is going to get 30 M's. Matt Ryan's going to make 35 mil next year. Like, but if you like, if you, I mean, you guys are on your computers, we're recording over Zoom. Pull up, pull up the quarterback salaries in, in football and tell me Gino's not getting 30 I'm M's. Talking about, I'm not talking, I'm talking about guaranteed money. So, how much guaranteed money is he getting? Well, you're going to front load it. You want, like, both. Both the team and Gino are gonna like benefit from it all being guaranteed right away. So give me a number. Is it over fifty nine and a half million? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm telling you, it, it's gonna be three by hundred sixty plus million guaranteed, and like fifty of it's gonna be a signing bonus. He's gonna have a salary cap hit of like three million dollars. <laughs> all right, I can't wait for you to lose that bet. That, bro no. if, he, if he's playing like this there's no way like I, I mean what do you like what do you think his contract's gonna be i would say he gets 40 million guaranteed across because he's not gonna he's not he's not gonna first of all he's not gonna sign a multi-year deal for anything less than 30 than the franchise tag number which is 30 million right. guaranteed but like so, but what he'll do is he'll say okay to protect me as insurance, give me another 10, 15 million guaranteed. And now we bring my salary cap number down versus you having to tag me, but it provides me some insurance in case you decide you want to move on from me next year. I got another 10, 15 million 
you know, that I can walk away with. I mean, is that like a like 40, 50 guaranteed over like three, four years? That's what I'm I'm saying. Four years, no shot. Four years, no shot. If you're you're telling me, if you're telling me he got a two-year deal worth like 60, 70 M's and it was like 45 million guaranteed, I could see that. But if it's three, four years, bro, I don't see how you don't give him. First off, like if you're a team, like you're stupid for not giving him that, like, because then you can just convert it to signing bonuses. That's how you. That's how you finesse the cap. Yeah, but then, but but it's not about that. But the thing is that if if this year was a fluke, and you have all that money as a salary bonus, then you're talking about all that should accelerate into the cap, and then you're talking about potentially a forty fifty million dollar cap hit because those signing bonuses all of a sudden are on your cap. Because well, that's why you. That's why you front load it all. That's why I, I think the deal he gets is is going to be three by like one ten. 60 million guaranteed, 50 of it's a signing bonus paid out over the first two years. He's cut the second year. Yeah. We'll see. I want him to get the bag though, because he's earned it. Because goddamn it, that motherfucker worked for it. So hopefully I'm wrong. But I mean, I just... realistic, realistically, bro, he's getting tagged. Like, I mean, if we're yeah. if we're all being like completely honest, he's getting like if you're if you're the Seahawks, you're not gonna give him a long-term deal because he has to prove it. So you're just going to tag him. It makes sense from both sides. You're not going to get him below the tag number anyway. So, yeah. If, I mean, it's what the Giants probably want to do with Daniel Jones, but like you can't pay Saquon Barkley over the course of four or five years. So you almost have to tag him. Yeah. Who, who's the dude? Who's the GM before uh, this dude? Dave Gettleman. It, I, like the funniest shit in the world to me is like, his his last stand, like his last fuck you to the Giants, was not picking up Daniel Jones's fifth year option. <laughs> and like in no, the no, moment, no, it was no, 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 quite the opposite. They, that was decided by this regime. Oh, this yeah. regime did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What he did, yeah, what no. he did was I'll fuck you would have been if he would have picked it up Saquon. before he left. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, if you're this regime, you wish you had that fifth year right now. No, no, bro. No. I'm telling you, he's gonna be the quarterback next year. Yeah, I don't think their plan was. I, mean, I don't think their expectation was to be six and two right now. Yeah, no. well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it, nobody's was, but like they are. He's more than likely going to be the quarterback next year. Even if you draft a guy, it's still probably going to be Daniel Jones. Like for the next like year or two, if you're that regime, you wish you just had the fifth year option. Then you franchise tag Saquon and you run it back next year, and you hope like. Either way, it's like Daniel Jones proves it, and then you pay him, or he stinks, and you let him walk. Like either way, you're in a much better place than you are this off season. Yeah, it's um, kind of that's I'm, just kind of funny to me. I didn't know. I thought he was the one that didn't pick it up. I, I was gonna say that's fucking hilarious that like his last decision was one that was smart, and then it backfired anyway. Honestly, look, I think that this season is absolute worst case scenario for the Giants long term. Now, there's no way that we can justify letting Saquon walk because he's a key. And Kayvon Thibodeau stinks. No, nah, you're wilding. Um, he can't get to the quarterback. We're Saquon. gonna have to. We're gonna have to pay Saquon. We should have traded him, right? Um, Daniel Jones. He played just well enough to where we're not gonna feel comfortable walking away, and we're gonna win enough games to where there's no viable path to drafting our next quarterback. So we're gonna be in quarterback limbo. Um, and we're going to be paying a second contract to a running back that who already made the bag as the number two pick, and now we're going to have to throw an extra big bag at him 
And that's worst case scenario for the fucking Giants because you don't pay running back second contracts. You just don't. You can go draft a fucking fifth rounder and he'll give you 80% of the production at fucking 120 if the cost. You know, it's just... I understand the Giant fans, this is fun because we've stunk for so long, but this is the worst case scenario for us. It wouldn't be if you had the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, though. <laughs> well, but, that, but what does that do even with the fifth-year option? Like, okay, but... You franchise tag Saquon, and you don't have to give him that second contract. And then what if he holds out? Saquon? No, Jones. Why would Jones what? hold out? He's on his fifth-year option. All right, because... Why? Because why would he potentially risk star, an though. injury when he's only talking about twelve, fifteen million dollars guaranteed? Well, no, the fifth year option's mad money. Uh, it's not. It's like it's like closer to that franchise tag number. Um, I mean, if he holds out, he holds out. Like I, bro, I can live with Daniel Jones holding out, knowing he's under contract, and I franchise tag Saquon. I cannot live with paying one of them dudes. Like giving them another contract. They're, neither one of them deserves another contract, in my opinion. I'd rather let Daniel Jones walk in franchise sack Saquon. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with that too, but there's not a word. And if I'm Saquon, I hold out because there's no way that as a running back with that type of injury history that I'm fucking running backs don't make shit that I'm going to step foot on the field for that type of money. Like, nah, I'm holding out. And if I got to wait the season, whatever, or I'm forcing you to trade me to somebody who's willing to fucking pay me, which I don't know who the fuck's going to, but someone will. But, uh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Break the Bank podcast. Tune in next week. See how we did. Let's see if me and X go in some bets. Let's see if Dion get, is the first one to get in the green. Bro, if I don't win no bets this week, I may not have internet next week. So this may be the last recording <laughs> to fucking break the bank. All right? It's either food or Wi-Fi. So I don't know. Some tough decisions. I'm going to have to talk with my kids and see what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? But I need to win some fucking bets.